0: Let's pretend you're texting with a really good friend and you're talking about getting together for the evening for drinks or a lunch date or just a walk in the park or something. And you're going back and forth and you're getting all excited and you're sending all these emojis like praise hands and hearts and hugs. And you say, all right, I'm so excited. Let's meet at four o'clock and all you get back is an, okay. <laughs> you know that feeling when you read that text? Maybe it's from your friend. Maybe it's from your spouse. And you think, what does that mean? What I Are they not happy? Are they not as excited as me? Am I inconveniencing them? What's the problem? They didn't put an emoji this time. <laughs> And and we read totally into it and we get nervous and we think, oh my gosh, I, I can't reach them anymore or I'm having a hard time or they don't want to talk to me. We've all been in those situations with people and that's just a funny thing that we can read into on text and I know we're all guilty of that. But think about our children in particular. When we are having a hard time reaching them, we really read into that because it can be even kind of scary, like, oh my gosh, is something completely wrong? What's going on with them? Do they have some secret they're not sharing with me? And I think that it it just gets kind of overwhelming because we keep analyzing everything. Today on the episode, I want to talk about really easy ways to reach our children that are already unreachable, And ways that we can reach our children who are very much open books, but keep these habits going strong. I think you're really gonna love this and walk away with really great things you can do today, right now, and reach your child a little more and help that one child who doesn't open up as much feel really confident. Come along, friend. Let's grow. Welcome to families that stick together to step right over the random pile of clothes where it looks like all my kids melted, turn right past the pile of papers still out from last month's school project, Maybe don't look at the sink and make yourself at home, friend. This is where our family of six hangs out. It's where our real life happens. Stay long enough to be reminded of what we both already know, that swimming upstream is not without much work and grace, but it does come with friends who are rooting you on just as fiercely as the way you love your strong family. We work together here as friends so we can get to the end knowing we did well. Come along with us to gather together to grow Row through it all. Welcome, friend, with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you. And now, my mom, who once started a calligraphy business for a hot second, Jennifer Zambiel. She's right. I did have a calligraphy business, sort of. I did invitations for a couple friends, and family for their weddings. And I love doing calligraphy. I took a workshop for three days locally from a really well-known calligrapher so that I could get a business going, but I just didn't do it. And I guess it wor- works out for a reason because here I am with a different business. I've definitely told you guys before that when I read your podcast reviews or any review, I can Immediately start crying. I just get that way. So when I read this one on iTunes last week from Boy Mom TK25, I, I really did get teared up. So whoever you are, I don't know who you are. Thank you. It, it was amazing. Jennifer is a sweet mama who wants the best for our families. She immediately welcomes you in and makes you feel a part of the Together family. Jennifer's podcast is spot on and timely. Now more than ever, families need to spend time together and grow together. Family is the foundation of creating a better world. We are entrusted with our children for a short amount of time to mold them and bring them up to make a better world. This podcast is just beginning. Be sure to check out the Together family of games that bring the family and spouses together. This whole business is about words that matter. And my goodness, you guys give me words that matter. And it is crazy how much it impacts me. Thank you for your encouragement. And if you can click write a review on iTunes after this podcast, I would be so appreciative. It does this for me and my soul, but it also helps people find our podcast and make other families stronger, just like we're trying to do within our homes every day. If you don't have time to write the review, you can just click the stars as well. That helps just as much. Hello, friends. I am excited to sit with you this week. It is fall 2020. And if you are from the future because you're listening to this past episode, I hope that it is amazing in the future. Not that things are terrible right now. However, we are in the fall of 2020. We've made it through a couple months of school. We're about to head into the holidays. And I think we're all feeling the strain of just being exhausted. And like, when is this going to end? When are things going to get back to normal? We might feel some tension in our homes. A lot of us are going through some really hard times. And I just know that, that we all need the encouragement. I hope that you find coming to families that stick together each week does bring you that encouragement and following us on social media makes you feel normal and like you have people who are right here with you wanting to swim upstream with you and just keep going and moving us forward together. This week though, I wanted to chat about how to reach our kids and you can apply this to your spouse as well. And of course, friends and other family members, but mostly it's at the angle coming from our children because just everything I talked about, I think we just all need a plan right now to make sure we don't miss these moments because, you know, when things pile on heavy, I think the first to go really is communication. It is, you know, we get that that strain on it where we are short-tempered, we yell more, we jump to conclusions, we assume things, we all just want to be off by ourselves, we're sick of being with each other. It just, communication defines what's in your soul, I think, in the state of how you're feeling. So the words that come of our out of our mouth are, are going to be there. But I wanted to talk about just really solid communication with our kids, and and helping the the children who don't always open up, open up more, and the kids that are just to keep us on a good schedule. So I'm going to go through a couple things here. Um, five points will be in here that you can, you can go to and kind of keep track on through your day, like little checkpoints. Am I doing this, this, this? This will be good. And at the end of the episode, you can go to the show notes because I have a little card there that you could print off and use like as a cheat sheet at your house. It just – Just have it to refer to. You all know I was a high school teacher, and I used to stay after school for about 30 minutes to wrap up every day. I'd finish grading. I'd, you know, get the things ready for the next morning. And there were always students that would stop by my room after that last bell to talk. If you are a teacher, you know there are a few certain faces that when you see them, they have arrived because they just need to talk and feel that someone is listening, For me, those few students, they weren't the extroverted or the brown-nosing type. In fact, I would say they were more introverted and nervous, actually, about being heard. But something about our relationship made them feel that they could come to me and feel important and feel cared for. And they actually wanted to stop by and spend more time at school with their high school history teacher rather than head home for the day. And here's what happened. Not only had someone been able to reach them, but they now knew what, what that felt like and they wanted more. So they would come and talk to me after school. We would have a lot of heart-to-hearts. They would feel so good when they left. They would follow up with notes to me on how a certain situation went with their parents or with a friend or just working through some life decisions or whatever. It always led to something really good. The parent-child relationship is certainly different from the teacher-student relationship, but the tools and tactics used to connect to that unreachable quote-unquote child are in many ways the same. The unreachable child isn't always that way because they don't want to talk. Many times it's simply because no one has figured out the ways to really connect with them in a way that makes them feel engaged. If you want to create an environment where you can get the quiet child to open up there are some very simple steps you can take to increase that possibility and build a relationship that encourages it. You know I like my lists and my bullet points, so here's 5 of them. All right, number 1, make time. Seems simple, but here's the deal. Let the child know that you have free time to talk or just listen. In the car, make a no device rule. Turn off the radio. Just start a conversation. At home, Sit down next to them when they are grabbing a snack or call them out to the front porch with you. Have them fix dinner with you. Just show them that you have time for them. We all know the power of habit, good and bad, right? So what if there was one time during the day your child could count on you showing up? Maybe they think it's planned. Maybe they don't. But the consistency of it makes them feel loved and they don't even realize it. Let me tell you an example. My three girls are in school five days a week, all day, right? Third, sixth, and eighth grade. And Nathan is in four-year-old preschool. So he just goes three days a week and he doesn't go till nine o'clock. So on the mornings that he is – well, he's home every morning, but on the mornings – that he has school, I want to make sure that I have that time for him right in the morning so he doesn't wake up and watch a show. I want to make that time really quality because when he leaves, I come home and I record podcasts like this and stuff like that between the hours that he's at school. So the one thing that I started doing this school year was immediately when he gets out of bed, he comes over and he climbs in the chair with me because we still have one of the rocking chairs in his room and we read a book. And we started doing it. And one day he said to me, why do you always want to be with me in the morning, mommy? Why why do you always call me over here and make me read a book with you? (laughs) And it was a funny little question from him. And I, you know, it led to, well, buddy, don't you like reading the books? And he said, yes, but you always want to be with me. And I'm, I'm telling this story because in his little mind, it it took a couple, maybe it was a couple weeks. I don't know what it was. But for him to figure out that this was a consistent thing that we were doing. And mommy was always showing up for him and I wanted to be with him. And I think that it's just a good indication of what our children do notice. So maybe for you and your older child, it's that When they walk in the room, you know that they're, or walk in the house after school, you know that they are always going to grab a snack because they are starving. So you don't have anything going on. Your hands are free of anything, your phone, laundry, whatever. And you walk over and you sit with them and you have their snack where they are at. And that will give you, even if it's just five minutes, it's five minutes to know that you made time for them. Number two, this one seems so obvious, but I doubt most of us do it as much as we actually think we may. Do you look up from the screen? Do you take an extra step and put it somewhere away from you? Like maybe upstairs plugged in on your nightstand or whatever. Do you look up from the laundry, from the television show? Do you look up at dinner? If you have the opportunity to engage in a conversation with your child, do not waste it. By giving your eye contact to something else. Make direct eye contact, which, of course, communicates trust over and over. That is going to just build that trust. And I know you hear it all the time on here, but do the stop, drop, and fold thing, guys. (laughs) It really works. I have one child that tells (laughs) – I'll be honest. It takes her forever to tell a story and she gives every single detail. (laughs) And if I am in the middle of something, if I do not drop it and fold my hands, I will be so tempted to pick it up (laughs) simply (laughs) because her stories are dragging on and on. I feel so bad saying that. But um, it's true and I'm sure (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. So force yourself to fold your hands. It really, really, truly helps. We are all about to come upon Christmas, and with that means the crazy, the busy, the overloaded schedules trying to cram it all in and hear it together. We just know how special it is to you to be able to slow down and have the tools that you need to just be together, connect over meaningful words and meaningful moments, and of course, keep Christ in Christmas you all will love this together for advent i just know it it is a commitment to 25 days of really good connection with your very favorite people your family and that maybe that sounds a little overwhelming oh my gosh 25 days in a row where we have to make the time but you guys it fits right into your small moments Grab it when you're sitting around the table before you do bedtime prayers, just on the couch in the morning, whatever it is. You just simply read the biblical story of Christmas, which you want to read anyway every day during Christmas with any Advent calendar you use. And this one is just different because you peel a sticker that becomes a prompt for a question that applies to your real life. So when you talk about on December 4th, that Mary said yes to God and accepted whatever His will was for her. Then you get to peel the sticker that says, is it easy for you to say yes? What situations are easy? What situations are difficult? So you take that lesson right out of there. You give it to your family, and you guys get to talk about what really matters together about the real situations going on right in front of you. Sometimes all we have are the small moments. We will help you make them Order today at TogetherMoments.com. Today is the last day for pre-orders to get in and guarantee you get yours. So go on over and we'll make it happen for you. And if you miss it today, you can still order, but we can't guarantee it because supplies will be limited. Again, that's at TogetherMoments.com slash shop. Number three, lead with a compliment. This will immediately make the child feel happy and appreciated, and they will be more willing to stay tuned in to what you are saying. We all know the feeling of your whole body freezing up when something negative comes at you first. None of us like that feeling. It immediately makes us close up and not want to engage, right? So be aware of maybe what your child has been excited about lately. Notice the thing at which they've been working hard. So maybe your compliment sounds like this. I saw you working hard studying for that quiz. Tell me how you felt when you saw the quiz in class. And obviously you're trying to get them to say, oh my gosh, it was simple. I knew everything or... I realized I forgot to study this. Whatever it is, it's going to lead to that conversation and that you care. Maybe you say, I've noticed you helping clean up after dinner. I really appreciate that. It helps me so much. How can I help you? Do you have any ideas for how I can help you? And then they say, yes. Like my daughter just last night, she said, mom, I really want to finish this study guide, but I have a headache. Would you help me finish this one part? So I stayed up and I did that for her. And so when she woke up, the paper was ready. I had not forgotten about it. It communicated that I cared. I noticed. I knew she needed to go to bed early. And I was able to help her. But lead with a compliment will always get them in that positive state where you know they actually open up their shoulders and that body language makes them available to keep engaging with you. A fourth tip that will help increase those possibilities of getting your child to open up would be let them know you are interested. Now, that seems kind of obvious, but I want to connect it to something. There are endless research studies out there that show when someone likes, like physically presses like on a social media post, the brain gets a rush of dopamine and it sends it on the neural pathways causing him or her to feel pleasure, right? Right. And I'm talking about when you see somebody like your own post. It's a fact that the reward centers of our brain that turn on and make us feel happy and loved and all that, that they are actually most active when we are talking about ourselves. So what if we combine all of what we know that a physical like on social media and someone being able to talk about themselves actually makes them happier and feel this rush and this reward and in so many positive thoughts? What if we could apply all that to real life moments? Well, we can. If you know like your child is nervous about a test. Tell them a story about a time you were nervous about something and the lesson you learned from it. You're immediately showing them you're interested in their feelings. You are letting them open up and and share with you their own feelings and how it might relate to you and, and you met them on common ground. Here's another one. If they love a certain activity, sit down and participate in it with them. If they are an artist... Sit down and say, give me a sheet. I'd love to draw with you. Immediately, you are almost pressing their like button because you're right with them. So those dopamine surges are going crazy for them. And then let them share with you how great they are at being an artist, what they love about it or whatever you're doing with them in the moment. Rebound for them on the driveway. If they love to practice, go out there with them. It'll open up the the conversation Naturally, just because you're in their presence, doing something with them that they love. Let them show you how to play their instrument. Whatever it is, just let them know you are interested and then talk and listen. Imagine if we could get everything that we as parents want our children to walk away from on social media, but that they love into our homes, into the moments that we're already feeding them. That would be so Cool. And there is a way to do it. We just have to be intentional. And I know you guys can do it and you're probably doing it already. Just pick out those points in your day and notice you're doing it and then maybe just like amp them up a little bit. All right. The last point here is ask open-ended questions. As a parent, one-word answers can be so frustrating. We know that. And we're going to get those definitely because everyone has their, you know, different days where they're feeling different ways and they want to open up or they don't and they're in a bad mood, whatever. And actually, (laughs) then we just kind of want to stay away from them. But that is for another episode. But it can be frustrating, especially when it comes from the child that already has a hard time opening up. Give them freedom to share with you and to feel like the communicating comes easily and actually comes from them. So instead of how was your day that inevitably leads to fine, try tell me about how you helped a classmate today or what today made you think, wow, that's crazy. Just carefully craft your questions so that they will lead to more. And a couple other tips for that are start with these words like share with me, tell me. Hone in on their topics of choice, what they really like. So if you know that your teen has been upset because, you know, they're going through all these different changes at school and the privileges that they should have gotten in this grade level aren't happening or whatever, just say to them, hey, tell me what was annoying to you today. That is the number one question that gets teenagers to open up. When I taught high school, I mean, this isn't any kind of secret, but they love to tell you what they're annoyed about. But you know what? It's not, it's not a negative conversation. It's them getting all their feelings out and it opens up the opportunity for you you to end up like role playing with them, to get through their trouble, to come up with solutions for how they can overcome this. It leads to so much goodness. Another thing is if A hint here would be like, if you have a child, a smaller child who's been excited about a new friend that they've started hanging out with, say something like, I'd love to know something that makes you two crack up together. They are going to end up telling you a story that they probably had forgotten to tell you that was just a small moment during their day where these two friends had a blast together and you just get in on their life and they they get to share with you what really matters. We live in a world where we are constantly competing with distractions, most often found, of course, in the form of a screen or overscheduling or just busyness. And if we are not closely monitoring and setting limits on these distractions, that child that seems a little more quote unquote unreachable will find more reasons to remain closed up. And I know we don't do this on purpose, but the hustle and bustle of our crazy days can really all of a sudden lead us to think, wow, my child really started getting closed up or whatever it might be. And there are ways for us to just monitor that each and every day. And when we are conscious of the time that we do have together, it is crucial that we use it wisely for making connections that matter, that dig deeper, that grow our relationships. And it does not have to take a lot of time All of these tips that we talked about here can be done in five minutes or less, really, if we have to. Now, obviously, preferably, you'd love to make those 30-minute connections, but sometimes it's just not going to happen. So make it about quality and not quantity. Everyone wants a reason to open up. Everyone wants someone to listen to them who genuinely cares. If you can implement some or all of the simple tips that we talked about communication will flow more naturally and you will create an environment of trust even with the child who doesn't prefer to open up. To recap, these five quick tips are make time, use eye contact, lead with a compliment, be interested and ask open-ended questions. The key of course is commitment and consistency. Whether in the classroom or the family room, when you make the effort to communicate that you truly do care and you give all the proper verbal and nonverbal cues to support that, it will make a lasting difference because, of course, today's words matter tomorrow.